Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's show, we have a very special guest, Amanda Alonzo. She's a sociologist, the co-founder of Elevate Latinas, and podcast host of Brunch Talks. She's passionate about social change, bringing awareness, and helping women share their story. Amanda, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here today and talk with you. I'm excited to have you here and really discuss some of these topics around women and change. How about you? Um, Go ahead and give us a little bit more details about yourself. Let's see. Where to start? I know my Everybody always tells me the bio's all over the place, but I am a sociologist. I got my sociology degree from Oregon State, and I did it late according to social you know, norms and guidelines. I got it around 30, 31. On top of that, I've always had this thing with society and calling out things. I did also study the gender woman studies. That's where a lot of that comes from too as well. Yes, I am a feminist. A lot of people don't like that word. It has a very negative undertone to it, but I'm not... The man-hating feminist, that is not me. I'm actually working on a project with that, trying to rebrand the whole feminist word. It doesn't have a bad background to it. But other than that, I do a lot of social media creation. I do marketing for my actual job. There's a lot going on. I have totally forgot about the big one. do have my own um, podcast, Brunch Talks with Mandy Rhodes. And there I bring on, majority of the time it is women. I do have men on from time to time, but we talk about usually their story and things they've gone through, how they've accomplished things, what they're doing. But we also bring into social issues of have you ever ran into these circumstances, either at your job or in society or being a first gen or I've had some corporate women on talking about sexism in, you know, the office. Awesome. You're also co-founder of Elevate Latinas. Can you tell us a little bit more about this organization? Yes, that recently started a couple months back. It's a community that we started online, but we're trying to build a community to help elevate Latinas in any way of life, either help promote you. We have the small business directory or we're trying to put together a summit for later this year with some speakers to help elevate you. If it's either like in your personal life, spiritual, business life, any type of thing like that, it's just the overall community to help each other. We feel like sometimes our voice isn't heard in society and we're a pretty big population. We're just trying to help each other grow within our community. You said something that really sparked my interest around social norms. And I am a person who really tries to defy that as well. When you look at many issues, especially as it relates to women. And I think my biggest is more of how society has this whole thought process of how women should have children early on, or if you're in your thirties, it's too late to have a child or, and I actually had this conversation last night with someone and I'm like, you can't tell someone when they should have a child (laughs) or when they should do certain things with their life. And that's such a big thing within society. And many people get stuck on that. And I think it's elevated now, especially with social media and more of people having their own free press, such as blogs and different ways to really disseminate YouTube, disseminate their own thought process. When you talk about the things that you want to do and really changing these societal norms, how do we even start to defy or change something of that nature? I think first we need to make it okay that people over a certain age, I'm 34, 
not married, no kids. I have a backstory of, I was with my ex for over a 10 year relationship. We were engaged and he decided to call off the engagement, but we didn't have kids either way, no matter if that would have worked or not. I like, I, I would have still been 30, 31 without kids, but I do know in society for me, I definitely get looked at like when I say that people think I'm still young, but then I'm like, oh no, I'm 34. And they're like, oh, you have kids? <laughs> like, why is that always? I think we have to start changing how we approach because immediately when you think of an over 30 woman, you automatically think, oh, they should either be married, maybe divorced in, in this day and age or have kids. But that's always like the first questions we go to. And it's like, why is that such a norm? Why is that such a norm to automatically ask? And on top of it, I know many women who are in their 30s that have PCOS where they're having trouble getting pregnant or there could just be other reasons that they might not be able to get pregnant. And I've like, some of them were my friends and we've talked about when people approach them and they're like, oh, you don't have kids. And for them, it's very hurtful. Like for me, I just don't have kids because I haven't chose to have a kid with any of the past relations that I've had. But for them, like they can't have kids. I think for one, we have to learn the norm of approaching that whole situation of why is that the first thing you automatically ask a woman? Like there's, yes, I understand that part of being a woman, a lot of people see the importance of being a mom. That's great. But there are some women out there that maybe just choose not to. And it's always such a negative thing, but that's their choice if they don't want to. Whatever their reasons are, that's fine. Just like whatever your reasons are for wanting, not yours, but whatever the person who has a kid, your reasons are for wanting a kid. Those are your reasons too. I think for one, there needs to be education on changing the norm of how we approach women and how we automatically relate. If you are in your thirties, you should have had a kid by now. And if not, what's wrong with you or why don't you? Just be more mindful of the first question you ask a woman, because I've seen it a lot. Any woman that seems to be over 30, that question comes up from somebody that like doesn't know them. If we go back into history, obviously the lifespan of a human, and I don't want to say women or men, but just a human was shorter. Most people probably live to what, about their 60s, and then as time goes, goes on, but generally there's a longer lifehouse span than there probably was what 60 years ago. If we were looking at that and say our average lifespan was still now like the 60s, then I'm over half my life. And maybe that was a more common practice back then to have kids that are younger age just because the lifespans were shorter. But now that you're living longer, let's be honest, medical is more advanced now. Why is it still you need to have kids in your early 20s? I know for some women, it might be unsafe the older you get. And I know I'm hitting the age where I've been told if I get pregnant in the next couple of years, it's technically considered a geriatric pregnancy because of my age, but people still do it. Women still having kids at 40. There's a bunch of factors into that, but we just need to stop looking and change the norm. It doesn't have to be the norm to only have kids in your 20s. Why can't it be norm to start having kids in your 30s or even start your marriage in your 30s or whatever you want? it to be. I think it comes from such a long line of history that the norm was different before that it's going to take us a while to change it now for the future. I totally agree. And I am a little bit older than you. I'm not going to say I never say my age, <laughs> but I, I'm not married. I do not have children. I get the same looks. And and I think some people, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said some people just don't want kids. People are desensitized to that. What if you don't even want to get married? What if you don't want to have children? Or again, like the people who can't have children or have difficulties. And that is just something, especially as I've been in my thirties, that 
it's the most annoying thing. I always would like to like bring it up and talk about it and mm-hmm. really try to educate people because people can be ignorant. Like I was talking to, what's, what's really crazy is I was talking to an ex from college. We reconnected and was mm-hmm. chatting and he was like, you don't have kids. You're going to like be in your 40s having kids. and People shouldn't have kids in their 40s. And I'm like, why? People do it. You just mm-hmm. plan for it. And this probably goes to a totally different podcast episode. But as people do get older, as women do get older, it's of course for women have to really think about like planning. If they do want children, then what are the precautions you take? Should mm-hmm. you freeze your eggs? Should you freeze embryos? But I even know married people who are in their mid to late 30s and they just haven't decided to have children yet. We do have to be a little bit more sensitive and understanding and stop being in people's business. <laughs> that too. Like, why do you have to know everything about the moment you meet them? Like, I could see maybe, say for you, I don't know, say I, we were out somewhere, I met you somewhere through mutual friends, we're talking. That's not gonna be the first thing I ask you. I'm probably gonna wait to see. I'm just gonna conversate with you. And then if we continue to hang out, then sure, I'll get to know you about your life. But right. is that always the first question? Of course, like there's many other issues and, and things that impact women. I, I really want to discuss more of the pay gap and when we think about women in the workplace and I there's many change processes in place and different campaigns of equal pay and bringing women up the ladder. What is your take on that? There's a lot of jobs, especially once you get into corporate technical, like computers. To me, it still blows my mind that there's not equal pay on that. I don't understand. It doesn't matter if I'm sitting here in pajamas, if I'm sitting here in a dress, like I could still code the same way I can code the same way somebody else can code. It's crazy to me when it comes to things like that. There, on top of sexism, there was also a little bit of racism, I will say. There were certain jobs that I just didn't even go to apply for because I already knew they were looking for a certain aesthetic of a person to fit that position because they were the front office and they were the first point of contact. They didn't want a little Mexican girl up there. They probably wanted somebody else. And that was always the person that got that job too. There was a little bit of that, which... To me, I'm still like, dude, like, I, I can't believe that companies can still get away with all of that, but they do. And then I also seen from just some of the females that I knew that I was friends with and hearing about what they got paid when their counterparts, it's a male doing the same exact job, would get paid a little different. And it's how to really change that. I wish I had like a, a magic spell for you to change it. To me, I feel like it's going to take for certain generations to literally pass on before a lot of the newer generations come up with a more equal ideal in their head. I think some of these older men in these positions have just been trained that long where can you change their minds? I wish you could, but I do feel like, especially in corporations, it's going to take like a whole new generation coming in and being raised and being taught different ways to start to run their companies different ways. And I feel like you see that more in the startups now. A lot of the startups that are like these big tech startups, there's a lot of women in there. There's a lot of women running things. And it, but it's also that whole new generation coming up. But it is crazy to me that it's all still there. And that's something that's definitely I'll speak on. If we can do the same job with the same skill, then you should be hired and paid off of your skill, not what you look like or what gender you say you are. It's to just be skill and the way, the fact that it still isn't is beyond me, but it's a little. You're discussing like the tech and, and STEM industry. And I think it, it goes down to many other industries. I know myself 
when I started my career, I worked in finance. And of course, being an African-American woman, many times I was the only minority. I was maybe the only woman. I was, it, there's been times I've been in a room, I've been the only black woman or the only minority woman. And as I've moved up, I noticed that many of my superiors were white male, mm-hmm. never saw women. You especially didn't see a minority woman who was in some sort of leadership role. And after maybe six, seven years, I switched to technology. And then I noticed it was the same exact thing. <laughs> and of course, the last five, 10 years, there's been all these initiatives to get more women into tech. And I think the companies are feeling the pressure. They're feeling the heat from there's so many organizations and campaigns again around equality for women. And you'll see a woman like here or there, but it's not widespread. And when you do, you're very surprised, but the conversations that I've sat in on, women are not really given the same uh, voice as men, even if they have the same title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's issues like the pay gap. Um, I think the latest is women are earning 82 cents per dollar. And it's, it goes into such a deep discussion of making people aware mm-hmm. and how do we advocate for change and how women are advocating, of course, for ourselves and for, for other women. But how do we get men to advocate for women and become allies for women that this is not like a one-sided fight and increasing everyone's EQ? What I've seen as far as men, at least I'll say the men then. I either associate with or, you know, keep in my circle. Like, I probably wouldn't keep one who just would be like, Amanda, you're crazy. There's no pay gap. If you can't see that, I don't even know if I really want to. There are a lot of men out there that do agree with it, but it takes for them to be in a leadership position to change it or for them to speak up at work and say something. That's the thing. Are they going to do that? They can be our advocate in helping us like repost stuff or saying they don't agree, but if you see something personally, the best thing you could do is address it, how it can become knowledgeable. Oh, this is happening here in our own workplace. How can we address this? How can we change this? Yes. Remember, things aren't going to literally change overnight. You're not going to wake up the next day and the whole office can be paid equally. Like it's not going to change overnight, but you have to start the conversation, no matter how uncomfortable that conversation is to at least get the process rolling of how can this be changed. A lot of these societal issues were beat into like people's head as kids subconsciously. And you don't even realize all of the TV shows, all of the media you watch, they're not sitting here telling you, you pay women less directly. But what a lot of them do is throw these small ideas that just keep building up in the back of your head that women should be treated this way and men should be treated this way no matter what. I I will say for one thing, When I left the position in my old job to, I moved just to a different department, I was getting paid under what I should have. And I think I made such a big ruckus out of it that when the next girl came in, she did get paid better. Was I a little salty about it? Yes, because I should have been mine. But at the same time, I was like, at least I did something for the next one that she at least can get treated better. It takes things like that to try to improve the system for the future. I definitely agree. Many times we have to put our foot down and say what's on our mind and walk away that those employers or organizations can really think about their process and how to change it. That's great that you did that. While we're discussing like this whole topic of like feminism and fighting for equality and equality of women, I want to discuss like the misconceptions about feminism because there's many out there. And typically I voice my opinion and I speak up. I I have men who come and approach me and they say, oh, you're a feminist. 
but they just automatically assume when they ask the question. Or I remember a guy was doing a podcast for Women's History Month and he called me up and said, hey, I want to have you on my podcast to discuss X, Y, and Z. And I said, that's not really my area. And he's like, but you're a feminist. And I'm like, how do you come to this conclusion? And he just started okay. going down this list. But many people like have it in the back of their mind, just because you speak up that you're automatically a feminist, or they'll have this belief that women who are feminists are belittling men. There's just so many different things. Let's talk about some of the things that you've heard in misconceptions as it um, relates to feminism. I really love that you want to talk about this because I have a thing I'm working on and it's called the feminist rebranding. And pretty much that's what it is because even a lot of my girlfriends don't really call themselves feminists until I explain to them certain things about certain they're like oh I agree with that and I'm like I'm not sitting here saying you're a man hater trust me because I'm not a man hater I love men not a man hater but but you're right there's many misconceptions I think how feminists started because what we're in the third wave of it there's the first wave the second wave we're supposed according to society we're in the third wave of it we can call it whatever we want feminism did start with white feminism which left behind a lot of the black and brown community to be completely honest so that's like a whole topic that could take hours to talk about but when it started was the whole like the pussy riots and these the women that we don't shave and we're better than men we don't need men and we want to be completely independent and if that's you not hating or saying that you're wrong that's the one thing about feminism too it's your choice if your choice is to be a feminist and to be a stay-at-home mom that's your choice if your choice is to be a feminist and to go work that's your choice that is your choice of what you want to do as your life as a woman but when it started it was what i call and i might get some slack for this but the extremist of it and that's not necessarily what i am and it sounds like that's not what you are too from just what i'm hearing but it's, it's definitely the extremist. And once again, it, it was a, the white women that was out there being the extremist. And it, it came off as a very, we hate men and we don't need men. And I'm not saying out there that women can't be independent and thrive in a single life. But just knowing how human beings work, I feel like at some point, everybody wants a partner. And like, it turned into this front of, I don't need anyone in life. And it's like, okay, look, that, that wasn't really what feminism was about. It was about the choice of what you really wanted. And if we want to go into, I don't know if you've read it, but hood feminism, like we're forgetting about all the women that don't have access to just general nutritional eating or just like after school services for their kids or even access to get a job well enough that they can support their kids without being on welfare we forgot about all of this stuff at one point feminism became this thing of women don't need men and we're better than men we can do their job better than them i think some of the mainstream ones i don't know if you've ever heard this but people will say oh if you're a feminist and you're angry and yeah they think that people are lesbians or you're pro-choice mm-hmm. and it, there's just all these stereotypes and it goes back to the being aware and, and educating yourself but that can be an entire podcast episode on itself it, especially if we want to go into what hood feminism brought up since i'm a latina and you're a black woman that first two waves of feminism didn't really do much for our communities mm-hmm. left us out kind of i would say in certain ways made certain things worse but that could be a podcast in itself one day too but 
the angry thing Ooh, i have gotten that play. oh you must be mad or what are you mad about I'm like oh, i'm mad because you're talking to me right now can you leave me alone <laughs> like maybe that's why i'm mad i want to get into your podcast brunch talks and i know within your podcast you're bringing awareness to different issues and helping women share their story give us some examples of the awesome stories that you've heard along the way. And then some of those initiatives that you're pushing aside from what we've already discussed today. This woman that I had brought on, she's first gen from El Salvador, but her parents came over when she was 15. Her and her boyfriend at the time had a kid. They actually ended up getting married at 17, but she is now 45, still married to the same guy, has two or three kids now her husband is like a fire chief she runs her own business I have a lot of stories like that of of telling like how they overcame things and how even with the obstacles they faced they're now like successful and she talked a lot about like inspirational stuff as well but to me that story was amazing because I'm like girl you had a kid like at 15 you got married like at 18 17 and this is like 20, 30 years later, you're still with the same man. You guys love each other. You're both running crazy businesses. I was like, this is great. I also do some solo podcasts where I'll bring up issues. I had one on the white suspect versus the black victim and just how the media portrays them differently. And, and a lot of times in the headlines, the white suspect will still be talked about in a very nice, respectful way. Oh, he was such a nice guy. We don't know what happened or something like that but then the black victim who once again is the victim not the suspect will have some sort of negative put to their name or oh one day had a, a run-in with a drug dealer blah 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 and it's what are you talking about or for like some of the kids there was some that was like oh once he was suspended three months and it's what does that have to do with him getting killed right now like that has nothing to do with how many kids get suspended everybody gets suspended I had detention one time like that doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't make it right for you to get killed I do have some episodes that get a little more deep it's a little mix of things and then every once in a while I'll throw in a funny episode just like it. but for the most part it's usually people talking about whatever obstacles they overcame in life and where they are now and how they can help other people and motivate them and usually the stories connect with at least a few people and that's my goal I don't need to connect with like hundreds but if this person sharing their story helps you in whatever your situation you're in right now like that's what's important to me and also if it sparks a conversation in your head of oh I've never thought that before or I didn't even think of something like that that way that's what needs to happen is to spark that conversation and then hopefully they go out and start talking to their friends and the conversation continues because once the conversation happens, then we can start taking action. Some of the points I pulled out from that is really when people are sharing their story, they have to be very self-aware and accepting their own flaws. When you think about the things that you've been through in life, sometimes it's difficult to share your story or the things that you're trying to do. And I have this motto and I live by it. I try to tell other people to live by it. Share your story before someone else can. Mm. And, and typically some people tend to tell one friend or family member something about themselves and it spreads like wildfire. And obviously you have to own your own story and step out there and share it before someone else. I love the fact that you're helping many different people really come onto your, your show and share what their story is. 
And I think another thing that really piqued my interest when I was prepping your interview and everything was like the book club. I'd love to discuss that in the book Hood fem Feminism that you all are focused on. I actually added it to my card. <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the book club. It's called Book Snob. It's a blog, but they also have an online bookstore. And most, I will say like 98% of their books are people are authors from the black and brown community as well. I met this one girl and her cousin. They like to promote authors within our own communities. And we connected about something first. And we would always just talk like about books or whatever. And then we were like, oh, let's do a book club. And we picked Hood Feminism as our first one. We're reading a different one, actually. It's called like Last Call. It's actually about the killings of transgender or queer people in New York back in 1980. It's a based on real life. It's a pretty good book as well. But we do have the book club. If you follow either one of us on Instagram, all you have to do is just get the book. But also sh her website usually has whatever book we're going to pick next if you want to purchase it from them you can or go to your local bookstore or amazon whatever but we picked hood feminism first because for one it's written by an african-american lady and it coincided like books for her feminism for me and it was a joint book club for both of our like brands we had really good discussions we had three four girls come on that we didn't know that we just met online as well and discussed it and everybody had really good perspectives and it's awesome to hear other people's perspectives on things because there was one woman on there who she said herself too she's I'm not I don't really classify myself as feminist but after reading some of this she's like some of this I do align like I'm a feminist in that way but not like this way it's cool to see other people's perspectives and you know, to read a book like that and have your eyes open to certain issues she goes into a lot of how the black and brown community got left out of feminism and everything that goes on in the hood even things like gun control should be a feminist issues because women live there and gun control is an issue kids are dying it goes deep into all of that and it was just nice to hear different perspectives on everything and how people like took to the book and how everybody liked it it was a good book I highly recommend for anybody to read if you're interested in that subject at all because she just brings a different look on feminism and a lot of books if you go to the Barnes and Noble majority of that's always been my issue majority of the books are written by white women and I have yet to find one on feminism that's written by a Latina hopefully I'll be that person one day it's a great book to see a total different side of it on everything that was left out of it and you know how we can use feminism to help our own communities and just starting from like the bottom, not starting from the top. Cause a lot of the feminist issues are issues of people that are already in high places. And yes, I get it. Those are important, but what about everybody else? I'm looking forward to reading the book. And for those listening, I'll share the, the name of the book in the show notes. Amanda, I know we're nearing the end of the podcast. This is my favorite time where I like to ask the guests three questions as it relates to the title of the show. So we'll go ahead and, and start. First question is, what do you consider the biggest or most memorable milestone in your life? I would say it was the general time of when I refound myself after, as I mentioned, after like my long relationship and the breakup from the engagement, as most people would, I went into the spiral for a little bit. And then when I came back from it and I realized who I've always have been and who I wanted to be and where I want to go and 
that moment was probably a huge part of my life now and building to be where who I am today and to continue building on that. Okay. And then let's talk about motivation. What motivates you? I find a lot of motivation when I get women or just anybody comes to me or sends me a message, an email or anything, just saying, I love what you're doing with your platform. I love that you're giving us a voice. I love that you're helping our community. Because to me, a lot of times when I look at it, I'm just like doing something that I like and I'm happy with it. But when I hear other women tell me like, oh, thank you for being like a spot where we can talk about this, where we can voice our opinions. I didn't realize that's literally what I was creating. When I first started like doing all the podcasts and everything, I wanted a channel to voice a lot of my opinions and a lot of the topics I wanted to talk about. And hopefully people wanted to come on and talk with them about me too. But then once it's turned into this thing and I get these messages, I'm just like, oh, I think that's a really big motivation is to know that I am reaching people and it's helping them in whatever way that it's helping them. Knowing that I am, even if it's just helping change one life, I think that's like the biggest motivation is that it's, I am out there helping people. All right. And last question, of course, I'm a money person being a financial educator. I always like to understand the relationship other people have with money. I want you to think about all throughout your life and think about when was the first time that you built a relationship with money? I was actually fortunate to have parents teach me early in school about credit and what it will do and how credit cards work. And I had bonds and savings as a kid. I know that's not very common, especially in the Latino community, but building a personal one where I completely understood it, I will probably say it was in my twenties and it was definitely more of a negative, just a lot of things happened with my ex where the money was, was a very negative thing in it. But I learned what that can like really do to you, like in the long run and how long it takes to get out of things like that. Awesome. Amanda, I've enjoyed this conversation and I definitely look forward to when this show goes live. I would love to have you back as a guest. Before we end here today, do you have any last words for listeners today? My biggest thing that I always tell people and as far as what connects with my stories, it's never too late being in my 30s I am still starting a lot of new ventures trying to open up a business soon and I'm actually going to be a co-author in a book that's coming out this summer and that's always been on my checklist always want people to know it's never too late if you to do whatever you want if you want to go back to school if you want to start your business if you want to start your family it's never too late there's always options for everything and your story is worth telling and as you said earlier in the podcast own your story and tell it before somebody else can. I think that's amazing advice. And where can everyone find you on social media? On Instagram, you can find me at underscore Mandy Rose um, and Mandy's with an I, or you can go to my website, which is brunchtalks.com. Uh, there's also a photo series I have, small business directory, if you want to be on that. And then on Twitter at brunchtalksmr for Mandy Rose. You can find me on those three ways. 
All right. That's the show. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And Amanda, again. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.